Hey, it's Chris Edgerly, a.k.a. The Edge Voice, and you're about to listen to an audio version of an interview I've done on my streamcast on Twitch. Now, if you'd like to see the video along with it, you can find it in the links below, or you can just go to my YouTube channel, Chris Edgerly, a.k.a. The Edge Voice. Hope you enjoy it. Let's see. And are you getting, uh, you catching a little something? I am getting over a one-month-long cold. Yeah, I'm getting over it, too. Best thing I've ever experienced. Really? Yes. No. I had, uh, let's see, I'm, I would say 99.3% over the cold. And um, yeah, I was deep in it. I, I was just having a better day on the day we went to respawn. I was starting to come out of it. Like I could actually do the Pathfinder voice for people at the table. But the day before, I was Vin Diesel all day. Well, that's what the holdup was at the other end. Oh, yeah. Well... I like to talk to the people. I don't like to just sign it and shove them out of the way like some people. I'm just trying to make sure that they get what they want, you know. And I'm like, I'm the first one in line. Maybe they need someone else. They want, they want you. See, they want you. They want, they don't want just a signature. They want it personal. I, I made it personal. I just didn't want. You did. Yeah. Who knows who they mean? Who knows? Oh, I don't care who they mean. I don't care about that. Because, I, I mean, for every person I signed, there was another person who came up and said, you know, actually, I, I main Mirage, but Pathfinder's pretty cool, too. And I plaster the same smile on my face. Hey, that's great. There you go. That's right. There you go. All right. I'm going to get an intro video, so I don't have to go through that um, morning drive DJ spiel every single time. You know, something to play, so I don't, I can just... Do that in my Bangalore voice. So do you want? No, we'll save the ad libs till the end if you want. Save up. You can do Bangalore whenever you want, but you know, at the end, we we like to. Have you ever watched Hot Ones on uh, on YouTube? Yes. Um, I have, uh, man. I have Tabasco in my fridge. Uh, no, no, you don't have to. But the, you know how they do the last dab at the end? Yes. He always gets them the same way. He says, "Now this is the last dab," and their face is on fire at this point, and their innards are just cooked. Fine. Hard. Yeah, that I mean, they're holding it together by a thread. And he says, this is the last dab. We put a little on. You don't have to if you don't want to. And they always go, well, now I'm going to go do it. Yeah. The last dab for me is the ad libs. Like, you don't have to if you don't want to. Oh, I see. But we do a little Pathfinder ad living with whoever your character is. And so that's how we, oh gosh. That's how we do. Like, it's like Bangalore doesn't even seem like the ad lib type. It seems like she just look at you. <laughs> well, and that'll be your ad lib. That'll be and yeah, uh, that'll be fine. I'll get around that. I'll work with that. Okay. You want to block me? That's fine. I can yes and around that. I might block you. All right. The uh, yeah, drink it up. Drink it up. It's an eighteen plus stream. You do whatever you want. It is a ginger beer. Thank you very much. Sure it is. All right. Advertise for companies. It is a ginger beer. Ginger beer. Change your pair. All right. Magnolia says you're so funny. So, <laughs> you're a funny one. She is. She's dry. She's got the dry humor down. I am less dry now because of the ginger beer. So That's right. The first, dry. the first wall is down, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, Erica Luttrell, a.k.a. Bangalore, but not just Bangalore. Not just Bangalore. Been acting since she was just a pup. It's all been building up to this moment. And then, hmm. I don't know. It's going to be hard to top this. It's going to be hard to top the old Edge Voice Streamcast. I don't know. At, uh, oh, no. That TV series you were on for a couple of seasons. Eh. 
Yeah, a series regular? Yeah, I don't know if that quite has the cachet of my three-month-old streamcast. So we've got Erica here, and it took a while. All right, it took a while for her to actually even respond to me on Twitter, I think. And I think it, I know. Well, Cheater is already saying that you're being very forgiving with me. Well, she is. The fact that she's here already means she's overlooked a few flaws. So. <laughs> you're so clean and tidy, so. Yeah, I did have to get clean up. Hey, by the way, thank you. Thank you to the good folks at Respawn for some of the swag. I'm wearing my, wearing, my ape, wearing my Apex shirt. Erica does probably more on camera than voiceover, do you not? I mean, just looking at the IMDb, it's hard to tell. It depends on how you look at it. I okay. do a lot of on camera, but I do a whole heck ton of voice. So. Right. And you can do so much more voice and like more contracted, you know. So. And you so never have to. I've definitely yeah. done more voice if you like take into consideration time span, uh, an actual like number of credits. But right. Of course, in my life, yeah. Quite yeah, on camera. absolutely. Yeah. And the, the thing about the on camera now is I understand that there's no season anymore for it. It just no. seems to be year round. No, but the holiday season is the same for everything. We're just right. Like I know certain people in the industry who are incredibly busy and very powerful. And they, like this is the only two weeks that they get for vacation for the year. So they just like peace out and they're gone. And, uh, you know, wherever, in some tropical locale and not taking calls, theoretically. Yeah, um, theoretically. So I, so I just know, I know, for at least a week and a half, I'm going to get to just, like, you know, stare at a wall, which is good. Oh, there goes my dog whining. That's good. <laughs> I couldn't hear it. Good. <laughs> what was the audition process like? Because uh, two or three of the newer actors, the newer characters, told me that they uh, did not have to go through a callback. They read once and they booked it. I, you know, came in at the inception, and so I definitely did have a callback. I had. Me too. Uh, I mean, it's it's it was obviously all coded, and the name that I can't even say probably the name because they're still sent to us in the coded names. Right. Um, of of the character was different. Uh, I just knew like military. I mean, I had a description. Right. Uh, and so I sort of chose a voice that made sense to me and went into my like little like closet studio that I have set up in here mm -hmm. and recorded the thing and sent it off like from my phone. <laughs> right. Know? From your phone? From my phone. All right. That's impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. I got a whole booth behind me here with the studio quality mic and sound I foam and all that. Recently, and I'm sure my agent is deeply annoyed about it, but got a studio quality mic and I'm still figuring it out. Like I, I just... You, you don't need, you, actually, you don't need a, a big time mic. You could get an Apogee mic from the Apple store. Yeah, I have one. Oh, you do? Okay. That's... Yeah, but then I got like a Shure one. I got like a... That's what I have. The Shure MV51. Like that's what I just got. I know. But now it doesn't quite, it, like the plug isn't compatible with the iPad that I have. And so then I have to get an adapter plug. And right. And also like, oh, now I understand. Like I'm not a sound engineer. I just like do Me neither. Things. So like I'm oh now I understand why they have like the what I don't even know what that is what, is, what are those muff things that go on microphones like seriously this is how technically they're called muff things muff. by the industry yeah no it's a it's a pop screen but yeah, exactly. uh, but like, yeah because so, I'm having so much freaking wind and by that I don't mean farts but like into the microphone right I need to not be like sucking into this microphone all the time poofing out. 
So there are little uh, uh, technical things you can do to to soften that. There's uh, the the finger right over the lips, you know. Freaking distraction. <laughs> or you could. I have my own. I know. I know. Or you can gently push out the. That you can do a P like that instead of a P, so you don't pop it. You push it out. Muff thing. Okay. All right. You got a muff thing. I got a muff thing. Fine, doing your way, Bangalore. <laughs> Didn't have to be in character for the whole interview. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> I'm gonna call everyone that's mean to me Bangalore from here on out. Why you got a Bangalore all over me like that? Really? I'm just being. I don't even know what you call this. Ah, this is just. This is the small talk you said you don't like to normally engage in. And that's all my interviews are small talk. This is actually genuine flow. I can't stand small talk. The last party I went to, I walked in and was immediately exhausted within like five minutes. Really? The last party. The third to last. Yeah, because I was at the last party you were at. So. Oh, really? After that party. Oh, that no one told me about. Thanks. I'm still hurt. I'm not for ass. It was called the Let's Not Tell Chris Party. That no. apparently was very well attended. No, that was. No, All right. Nothing to, do with, nothing to do with Apex. All right. No, I just, it wasn't. No, it was maybe even the fourth to last. Whatever. It's not okay. important. I went to, yeah. And like five minutes in, I was like, after all of that, hi, how are you? How's everything? Man. Yeah, man. I was exhausted. And then from like, you know, that five minute mark inward, I only asked people about their dreams. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what are your passions? Uh, okay. What have you always dreamed of doing? Are you doing it now? Yeah, just be that person. Just yeah. right away, make them look hard at themselves in the mirror. I will. Yeah. I will. Don't invite me to a party if you don't want deep shit. It's going to happen. But I live for stuff like that because I'm always ready for those questions. You know, so. Well, yeah, because I'm doing it. If somebody says, what do you really want to do? It's like, you're looking at it. I'm, uh, this is it. Yeah. No, there's always a couple of things I could add to that. There are a couple of things I'd really want to do. But eh, yeah. Hollywood has taken the level of small talk and pretending to care and polished it to a high sheen. I mean, they do more than just pretend to care about you. They pretend to like give you a career that uh, you walk away from that party thinking, "Oh my God, I think, I I, I think I'm going to be in a movie, ladies and gentlemen." Did you hear what that guy said? It's like my brief on camera career, which ended right around 1998. Okay. I had exactly one meeting with I can't. I flew out to LA because at the time I was living in Florida. I flew out to LA. I did one set at the Improv, and based on that, I got a meeting with the head of casting at the WB at the time. Cool. And. Uh, the head of casting had me read for a pilot for one of the lead characters. I read, and it was just me and her and a camera in the room. That's it. Nobody else in the room. In her office. And as soon as I finished the last line, normally you would think, oh, that's great. That's this, that. Okay. Yeah, you know what? We're going we're gonna to talk to your agent. We'll call you. And then you walk out, and then you realize you didn't get it. I finished, and she said, yeah, I don't think you're right for this part. Wow. I thought, I thought, Okay. That's 
I could, I could. Yeah, I got back on that plane knowing exactly where I stood. There was no opportunity to spend the next five hours dreaming about maybe getting a part on a show. New, new. I. That's just how there's so many there's so many stories of people who have been like kicked in the teeth numerous times and then whatever like i don't know oh, yeah. Stallone, that's an example of, like, so oh my god pronouns. and now he's you know he's fully fabulous and established and wonderful and i think happy yeah he, he did okay for himself he did all right you know he kept banging him down banging yeah down those yeah i had to go through a callback process it was just one callback and then it was done yeah. so they brought you in and then you read and then was it did it seemed to me like you probably walked through the door, read a couple of lines, and you knew, yeah, I think they really like what I'm doing here. I mean, yeah. But, again, that doesn't always mean you book a part. No. For the people out there. I've, I've had people, I've had auditions. I remember once I had, an, it was an on-camera audition, and the casting director said to me on the way out, and so this is a perfect example. You had a casting director say no, and a casting director say, and I've had no's, but, like, in this instance, polar opposite, she said to me, Wow, you have reminded me why I do what I do. And I was like, wow. And I'm thinking, wow, totally booked it, right? Like, I'm going to, didn't hear anything. Like, it, this is how, so to me, you know, I've been doing this since, since I was two years old. So at this point, I'm like, I don't know. You know, someone can say, nice. Someone can say, amazing. Someone can say, mm. Yeah. Or thank you. And like, I've had thank yous and then like been the choice the next day. I've had. Really? Oh, yeah. I've had like, you know, oh, good, good job. You know? And yeah. Like, wow. Okay. They hated me. They hated my guts. And then like the next day, it's like, you're going to be on a plane in three days. Like. You just don't know. It's like you're also dealing with different personalities. You know, some people are so over, like, the saccharine, like, mm -hmm. crap that happens in the business. And so they just don't give you any of it. Right. Um, and some people, you know, are so sensitive to the fragility of, like, artists and actors that they're just like, great job. Yeah. You know, like, they give you everything they can, even if you're not at all right for the, you know. Right. Yeah, so for me, in going into that callback for Apex, I, I had a great time. Everybody was so kind to me, you know, in the room. They seemed to like what I was doing. We collaborated a bit. It was great. You know, and I left, and I was like, okay, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll okay. Yeah, we'll see. All right. And then you saw. And then I saw, and then it happened. And, I and saw, now we I see. I never know the scope. I, I, I... You know, I, I sense you might ask me a question about did I anticipate <laughs> how big? You know, I Erica, know. did you have any idea that it was going to be this big? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had no I, idea. I had no idea. You like it's. I don't feel like there's really a way to know. Again, similarly in the business, people can be cast. I've, I've certainly had experiences where I was like, like desperate to be in like some movie or whatever, mm -hmm. and you see all these like amazing actors being cast. It's great writer, director, ah, you know. And then the movie lands, and the critics don't like it, and no one sees it. You know, yep. but you think it's going to be the biggest thing, so you don't ever really know. Then you'll get something, and you're like, I don't, I have no sense because like with Apex and with you know video games and animation and what have you. You know, you're signing NDAs. You can't disclose a thing. You don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, 
maybe a paragraph of description about the character, and so you've brought, you know, what you think is right for that, and made your actor choices. But yeah, I mean, there's there's just no way. Yeah. Have you been getting a response from the general public about the game? Are yeah, you no, okay? I've had a lot of great response. You know, people are always pretty keen to say that I look exactly like Bangalore, which I'm like, all right, I'll take it. <laughs> you know? There is quite a resemblance. I there is. Love that. Yeah. I feel like maybe I'm a little bit more chipper. Um, I, you know, I still my hair differently. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Yeah. But uh, so, so there was a lot of that. So there wasn't any kind of like, you know, excitement over, you know, me being too different or anything like that. So well, I, I've really only received a great deal of support and uh, and excitement about it. And But yeah, I mean, right. I had no sense. There was just no way to know. Uh, right. How big the game would be, and I, I don't know that that any of the people, any of the creators and developers who did it knew really either. You know. Now, do you game at all? Do you have a console? Plenty of the no. games. No. Nah, not no. your thing. I got uh, Diablo when I came out because that was like my first sort of bigger, you know, player character kind mm-hmm. of things that I got and. I was excited about it, and I couldn't on the computer I had, you know, play it at the time. And it was so funny because I, then I got a computer that I could play it on. So I played it. I had a nightmare promptly that night after playing <laughs> Really? <laughs> I played it, like, as myself, and I was like, cool. I want to hear these voice lines. Now, like, sometimes I'll go on YouTube if I want to, like, see a scene. Cause right. Because ends up there. Yeah. You know, so if you want to see anything that you did that you're curious about, you can pretty much go and someone's streaming it or has pulled all the scenes or all the dialogue, mm-hmm. what you've done. So that's interesting. But I would say sort of a primary reason why I don't game. Like, I've, I've, I've had moments recently with Apex and other games that I've been working on that are, you know, just cool games, right? Right. <laughs> interesting like I want like I kind of but I'm really personality wise I'm both obsessive and competitive so I fear <laughs> I already know the answer I already yeah, understand I just, you know and being an actor and kind of working in this world like I don't want to be too invested uh, I want to be invested in the character right right I don't want to be too invested in the world as a character yes mm-hmm. not as like a oh I must be a pro-. like I have I've experienced enough of that as an on-camera actor yeah where like you grow up watching a show and you're like oh my god and then it 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 impedes your ability to um just go in there and do the work for me right like if I'm such a fan it it like messes with my brain like I don't want that complication so that's part of it. I feel like I'd be great if I gamed, but like I don't, you know. I can sense the competitiveness. I can sense uh, the idea that if you jumped in, you'd think I'm not just gonna do this to mess no. around. I need to be really, really good at this. No. Otherwise, it will be frustrating. I'd get angry. Like, yeah, you rage. Yeah, I would rage. I would get <laughs> mad if I didn't. Like if I were, if I were doing it not just to be like, oh, ha, 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 I guess that's what we're doing now. You know, someone wants me to play it, so yeah. I, I would be, yeah. If it was just me, <laughs> what? <laughs> I get the feeling then that your wife is probably not like that. Maybe she's a little bit more chill when it comes to games like that, and she would look at you like, "Why are you getting so upset about this?" Yeah, like she has a she has a like 
64 back here and like some old game cartridges she loves playing like mario kart and things like that wow game I, game cartridges yeah there you go it's got classic on all it. right all right we have that in here yeah you know <sighs> like i want to i just i i like i may take a tiny a, a wee see like i had h's to my w's even when they're not there. yeah you do you're one of those people you say wheat i said wee there's that's yeah. not that's not in there. There's no H in there. I'm very... Well, not in that we, no. No, there no. isn't. Yeah. No. If you were saying we because you were joyful, there'd be an H in there. Oh, that's... Is there? Is there a W-H-E-E? Is that what it is? Yeah. But if you're saying we as in small... Oh, that's funny. Yeah. You don't have to pronounce it like you just did. You well, know. I want to now. Yeah, exactly. Well, now you're going to honor the H. You've yes. given that to me. No, yes. By the way, Erica, Erica Luttrell... Erica Luttrell honors the H, okay? I, just, I always honor the H. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I, uh, is that the dog? What's the dog's name? Blue. Blue? Okay. Blue, where is she? My wee pup, who's staring at me as I do this business. She's like, what is going on? What's up, Blue? Yeah. yeah. Hey. I know, Blue. Don't worry. We're going to give you your mama back eventually. <laughs> eventually. Yeah. See, I went the other way with it. I'm like you. I am. Uh, I can be obsessive, and I can be very competitive, and I can rage a bit. But I have found that having kids has softened my edges a bit, and I suck at Apex. I suck at this game. I play it four days a week. All right? I mean, I'm better than I used to be, but... That would have been impossible not to have improved. So that's like saying, yeah, I was kind of a shitty walker when I was two. But now I kind of got that down, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm better at it. But I have gotten to the point where I very rarely get frustrated at it because I've just come to accept that most of the people out there playing are just so much better than me and I'm going to die often. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I would... I feel like, I'm, you know, I mean, there's so much strategy involved. I think I'm just going to pop right back in. Right. So this is actually good to hear because yeah. you are a little obsessive and you're very competitive yeah. and you play a character that seems to be kind of like that. I don't know what you mean. V Bangalore, very competitive character. Not a, not a lighthearted character. Not, not very pathfindery. Not very, just sort of shrugs the shoulders when things don't work out. No, I, I feel like Bangalore would be back in the dropship throwing stuff if things didn't go well. I mean... I imagine, I imagine she might employ a quiet simmer and then take it out when it, when it mattered. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Yeah. We're gonna have to get you in game at some point. I I I, I promise no nightmares. But um, no, I don't feel like this one would give me nightmares. There's no demons in this. So. Right. Exactly. Well, actually, the uh, Halloween event. The Halloween event uh, probably would have. Do you? How do you uh, do with scary movies? Do you like scary movies or do you avoid them? No, I mean I don't. I don't. <laughs> okay. That I, I you know. I'm sensing an interview pattern with Erica. Starts off like she's going to go on a story and then stops and just stares right back at you. I don't know. Uh, 
scary movies. I used to be terrified. I will tell you that as a kid, I was like so sensitive. My parents were, you know, would shield me because they knew. Like, for instance, I don't know anybody out there if you've seen Spaceballs. I have seen Spaceballs. Yeah. Not the scariest movie of that year. I'm just going to say. No. Um, But I like, I don't even think I saw the whole movie, but I was so, I was young. I was very small. Yeah. They played, uh, you know, like the scene where the alien, like, you know, the alien parody or whatever. I hadn't seen Alien at that point. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, oh, but it danced. And I was like, horrified. Of course. I've never seen anything like it. I could never. So, yeah. And I feel like that gave me, like, nightmares from that point. Okay. That's me baseline. Now, <clears throat> then later, uh, my dad had taped, like, with a, you know, they would tape movies off of TV, and we had, like, the VHSs, and it was always, like, his handwriting on the label. And so they had taped The Silence of the Lamps. Uh, and oh, they, you know, it was on the shelf, and I, was, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, what's that? You know, like, all I said was this freaking title. I'm like, cool, I can, yeah. Quiet Lambs? This must yes. be a cartoon. Very yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and my parents were like, just looked at me and were like, no. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, it was so intriguing to me because they just was like, you can't, no, you cannot. And I didn't, and this is genius to me because it's one of my favorite movies now. Mm-hmm. The Like, one of the only movies that, you know, came out before I could watch it or before my time uh-huh. that... Uh, that I watched knowing nothing but the title. Oh, really? So, like, okay. Years went by. I don't even know. It might have been a decade, maybe six years. And then I, went, I was like, I, oh, I remembered it. it was still on the shelf. And I went to my parents and I was like, hey, like now? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah all right, you can watch it now. And I literally still only knew the name Silence of the Lamb. They didn't even give you a hint tonally no. what it might have been. Nothing. I had nothing but my dad's handwriting and that title. And okay. So, but and my dad's handwriting, that title, and they're like wide eyes when I like asked about it. You know, six years prior. So I put it in, and like my mind like was blown. Like loved the movie so hard, and it's now one of my favorite movies. But it was so amazing to go into it knowing nothing, mm-hmm. not going to a theater, obviously. Right. Not, you know. Wait, how old were you when you finally saw it again? Okay, that's that's still young to see a movie like that. Oh man, oh man, especially yeah. if you're sensitive. That's I, yeah. But I, then I worked very hard to desensitize myself. Okay. Afterward, because I felt you know, I mean, obviously it was hard. Like with your friends, who want you to do the things, and you're like, meh. So, <laughs> so I tried. I well, you were working too on TV at that point, weren't you? Yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, that's got to be to see a performance like Jodie Foster's, and to see a performance and her working off of Anthony Hopkins. I mean, if you were working pretty steadily, it probably wasn't that long before you were on a set again. That had to have changed your entire outlook on acting. I mean, it didn't. It didn't? <laughs> you couldn't have seen any other movie like that, though. That didn't flip some kind of a switch, or you pretty much already had your approach down by that point. I mean, my my witch? Did you say my? my no, your approach. Like, and oh, no, no. I even at fourteen, I would think you would have some sort of approach, though, to help you. Zero approach. 
Oh, okay. I learned my lines and I delivered them and I like worked off of instincts and, and I was fine. Like I would say, you know, I mean, there are people who watched me growing up to a certain extent. Like I was on shows like Shining Time Station with like Thomas the Tank Engine and all that. Right. I was a Keisha in the Magic School Bus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like there are shows that, and I, and I feel like, you know, I did pretty well. Yeah. Uh, but now me as an adult, I do have an approach now. And I, right. Um, you know, I've taken classes that I really love and have worked with people that I really admire. And I think it was actually, funnily enough, even recent, very recently, mm-hmm. uh, was that the movie Carol. <laughs> like, well, that's, yeah. what was that about three years ago? Loved, I loved that movie. It was a beautifully shot movie for starters. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. And it was, what were you going to say, sorry? Well, it's also a tough movie to watch because it's nothing but two straight hours of impossible yearning with some release okay. and then right back to tragedy again. It's, uh, but so well done. It's, it's incredibly it's well done. Like, it's not tragic. I was very happy. I was like super. Look at your face. I don't feel like it had a. I don't feel like it had a happy ending. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm not remembering the ending properly. Moment, you know. Did it? All right. All right. I finished watching Joker last night. Yeah. Not a happy ending on that one. But then again. Right. You did mention that. No, I. Excellent movie. For his performance. Excellent performance. Not easy to watch. Yeah, I mean, He's I don't want to see it for that. It's going to take me a second to be in the right mood. Especially yeah. Like, as I keep here, you know, I mean, I did, I once watched, uh, like, okay, Boys Don't Cry and Casablanca in the same night. Because, I know. I can't um, watch Boys Don't Cry. It's too, I've seen parts of it and I thought this movie's way too sad. I'm not going to be able to, yeah. yeah, this is going to be a sad movie. I don't want to watch it. And she's amazing in it, but I thought, no. Nah. But it was yeah. one of those was years ago. Uh, but I just remember thinking, like, you know, it, there were certain movies, Casablanca being one of them, where people, you, was, you know, would be like, oh, have you seen blah, blah, blah? And then, like, when you say no, they're like, oh! <laughs> I, yeah, it took me forever to see Casablanca. Yeah, you can't have seen every movie. Anyway, so that was yeah. the evening. I'm going to knock out two movies that people have been, like, alarmed that I haven't seen. Okay. And it was just, I just decided to do it. Obviously, I, like, boys don't cry first, and then I tried to do Casablanca as a palate cleanser, but it was also deeply sad, so. Uh, but in a sad that you can handle, you know? It, there's a distance to it. it there's yes. this old Hollywood distance to it. It's very romantically uh, rendered, and so... Like, I, there are certain kinds of sad I enjoy feeling when I watch a movie. Like, I'll watch... Right. Terms of Endearment, I don't mind being sad in that way. Okay. I'll watch Kramer versus Kramer. I'm going back a ways. Um, I can't watch Kramer versus Kramer without being absolutely devastated at the end. I can't. I don't know that I... You're going to do that thing. You're going to give me that face if I say I don't know that I've seen it all the way through. You're going to give me Well, that. I'll give you the face anyway. How about that? There's a scene in Kramer versus Kramer. Well, I'm a child of divorce, and so that's part of it. Uh, yeah, so it, it absolutely, if there's anyone on the stream that is a child of divorce or just really sensitive, watch Kramer versus Kramer. I defy you not to be in tears 
at the playground scene with uh, Dustin Hoffman and Justin Henry, who got nominated for an Oscar, I think, at the age of the nine. Yeah, the kid did. Got nominated. He deserved it. He was awesome. But let me tell you, there's a scene where Dustin Hoffman has to explain that he has lost custody of his boy to his boy. And he has to explain how his boy has to go live with mom. And my God, I'm almost crying right now talking about it, so I'm not gonna. But um, wipes me out. And and I'm, you know, I'm uh, I'm sensitive, but I usually can put a little bit of a cap on it. But man, if you put me in front of a good movie or play the right song, that's when the actor part comes out. And, and I, I think a lot of actors, I'm one of them, usually are keeping a lot of emotions just below the surface. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I I, I'm like a mess. I was I turned on uh, like a, a British gardening show the other day on Netflix just to like have a lunch before I had to go right. somewhere. And so I like turned on this show and it's like they give... So they, they give a garden, basically. So it's, it's these landscapes. Okay. So it's like to someone you need who can't do it. And so the first episode is this woman... And her husband, who has a sort of rare neurological disease, like literally two years prior, he was, you know, uh, okay. full-bodied and running around with his son. And he just had problems gripping things. All right. And like, as of this particular episode, he's, like, wheelchair-bound. He has to have his head propped up. He can't mm. But, like, his mind is fully sharp. Okay. His body is completely right. disintegrating and what have you. And he used to garden. And so they're in this garden. So, like, literally second one of them like explaining i am in like my favorite uh, okay crying yep and when i walk through the room she's like am i just gonna leave you thing for the next half hour what are you doing sorry actress actors that's how we are that's how we are uh frankie boy on the chat is asking have i seen life is beautiful no, I have not, and I got a thing about Holocaust movies. I think I'm going to see Schindler's List, and that's it, because I've seen Schindler's List, and I thought, yeah, I don't need to keep going back to that well. Um, I really? don't know if I can, uh, yeah. I mean, oh, of course. I saw it in the theater when it came out. Um, I love that score. I love a good John Williams score. And he won an Oscar for that. He did? <laughs> yep. Because I love him, and he's great. Yeah. Because I love him, but he's great. And he won. And, mm -hmm. I love him. and that's it. Just the right movie or just the right song? And I'm done. Oh, yeah, I'm done. And I can get it back pretty quick. I yeah. a commercial. I don't think it's ever happened during a commercial. If it's well done and the actors mm. do a good job and they're doing something to tug at something, I'm done. <clears throat> well, I cried during a commercial once, but it was because I had auditioned for it and I realized <laughs> I didn't get it i thought that would have been a national tv campaign mm-hmm dad's gonna need a minute kids it's like what's wrong dad oh nothing just tuition that's all right no it's just you know somebody wanted a new bike oh <laughs> uh, yeah most people that find out i'm pathfinder they try to get me to say things they know pathfinder is not supposed to say well whenever i have cursed on the stream as pathfinder i bleep it when i make a video out of it and bleeps are always funnier so you know yeah to hear pathfinder say get some mother bleeper you know yeah that's good that's yeah better. that works that works oh, so we're doing accents now are we all right we can do that got to that time of day yeah well oh that's right four o'clock 
Well, four o'clock normally is received pronunciation time for me, so I'm going to have myself a swig of water. My ginger beer. Yeah, there you go. Have you done accents for a lot of games? I know. Well, for starters, let's let's dig into the history a little bit here. According to Wikipedia, so it must be true, your heritage is... I can't remember the African country, but it now I'm just going to have to let you it say. It's from the east. It is Tanzania. Just Tanzania, Tanzania, okay. Yeah, it's just below. This is not the accent for that. No, that's a bit more Slavic I'm picking up on it's there. A little more Slavic. This is what voice actors are like, or actors in general. Say, yeah. yeah. Something will pop into my head and I think, I'm going to sound like this for the next four minutes. It's like, yeah. It's like, hey, baby, you mind you mind if I uh, go on over to Gelson's, get me something to eat real quick? I'll be right back. That's right. All right. That's correct. Yeah. Got to gotta, gotta keep it, you know, got to keep oiled up. Got to keep fresh, you know? That's right. I read, I read, well, first of all, you are a part of a showbiz family. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, you have a sister, an older sister, that uh, you have three older sisters. Okay. One is in show business that I know of, that I at least was able to read about, but would you care to expand or are we going to protect their privacy? Okay. We may indeed expand. All right. I have three sisters, uh, two of which were in musical theater uh, when I was growing up. They did Miss Saigon, they did Beauty and the Beast. Nice. Um, and others, all kinds of musicals. And then my eldest sister, who was one of two, decided to go to teacher's college and piece out of entertainment. <clears throat> and then uh, the other sister, who was in music theatre, continued also doing on camera, various things. She then eventually booked the series, mm -hmm. Gate Atlantis, mm -hmm. and played Taylor and Morgan on there for many years. Um, yeah, so there's that. And then I have another sister who was in fashion for many years uh, nice. as a fashion correspondent and as uh, the editor of the magazine Angelina in LA. And um, yeah, she now is the, one of the fashion correspondents on Access Hollywood. Oh, really? But yeah. So, yeah. That's quite a pedigree. That's a lot of, that's a lot of folks mixing it up. In, in, in the show business. I would think if by the time I became conscious, usually you're around three or four years old when you start to realize you're alive, you start collecting memories, right? As, as they say, yeah, I'm alive. Uh, by the time you were getting conscious, you were already a working actress. So this, whatever it is, this show business fever that hits us hit you and you never were going to do anything else. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's pretty easy to see it. Did you ever at any point in your childhood or in your adolescence or in your early adulthood think, I wonder if anything else would be a fun thing to do, but did you ever seriously consider it? Uh, yeah, I was like, I want to work at a fast food restaurant. I was like, I want to work at McDonald's. Why do my friends get to do these fun, like, teen jobs? Mm -hmm. I want to do that, which is obviously, like, now in retrospect, silly, because I was actually... I was like funding, like I was helping my parents pay for that, like, you know. Yeah. I didn't really have perspective on what I was earning well, and what was going on at that time. And then later gained more perspective and so on. And then later I thought, oh, it would be cool to be like an editor, you know, largely because I was pretty astounded at 
I mean, mostly it was because I didn't really have context. I didn't quite understand what was going on mm-hmm. um, with film and TV necessarily when it came to editing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously, I knew what happened with me, like what happened on the day, and then when I saw it back, what was going on. But like, it always astounded me people who edit uh, movie trailers mm-hmm. how they could like make a movie that maybe isn't that great, right? Look amazing. You know, then you'll go and you're like, oh, that's not, you know. Or, yeah. really, that, yeah. calm down. You're fine. What does Blue need to be happy right now? What does... Probably, like, me to be on the couch, like, honestly. Like, it's like she's not being able to... She's not settling. Totally up to you. I'm, I'm giving you the option to take it to the couch. I want you to be comfortable. You have to be comfortable. I like that you're one of the people that pronounces all of the word comfortable. Yeah. Well, I could say comfortable, but, you know, or yeah. what, what, what do they normally say? Comfortable? Comfortable, yeah. Yeah, well, I, you know, I'm not really comfortable with that pronunciation. Comfortable. Yeah. I, this is a different light, too. It's more of a golden light. It's, uh, yeah, this is sort of the magic hour lighting here. This is pretty good. I was looking at the pictures we took at the respawn party, and as far as me taking photographs, it's a coin flip. Sometimes it looks the way I want it to look. Sometimes it's... I'm the hunchback in Notre Dame. No, I looked at my wife and said, I don't think Eric has taken a bad photograph. There's just something that some people have. Eric has taken bad photographs. Well, I don't know. See if you can upload them because I don't believe it. Because uh... Fading <laughs> uploading, this is not a bad picture, but it does have me with like a drink in my hand. Unlike now, which is a ginger beer. Sure it is. But of me Princess leia because... You know, it's like, whatever, throwback Thursday. Now it's Friday. It's Flashback Friday. Friday. It's a Flashback Friday, whatever. Okay. Uh, but also, you know, Star Wars-y time. And it was it was actually more an improvisation uh, to try and um, fit in with a gaggle of dudes who I was going out with that night who, um, who were dressed as Vikings. Okay. And so I was like, ah. Costume, so I went to like a local costume store in Vancouver at the time and um, found a Princess Leia, like you know, slave outfit, and was like, ah, This will do, whatever, I'll just do this. So I was like thinking, I'm like, I'll put maybe, I don't know, but like, is it weird and crass and classless to post the beverage in hand going out for Halloween photo? I don't know, I'm not sure. No, that's that's half of the Halloween photos that are taken, if somebody's got. Somebody's got a drink in their hand. A mysterious beverage. Oh, it's bad decision time coming, ladies and gentlemen. It's Halloween. Seeing as how you don't game, uh, probably no chance you're going to be cosplaying as Bangalore. So It's funny because that's why I was like, oh, the Princess Leia thing. Because it's like just a whisper of me cosplaying something. Right. Because I cannot... The people who, like, legit cosplay to me are you know they're artists they're yeah. making it's like extraordinary what they do with this stuff i do not have that level of passion about costumery like i'm not right. able to like put together i mean i could i guess if pressed but yeah it would take me forever and i don't know that i would enjoy it so if someone's willing to make me a bangalore outfit i'm a very small person i'll wear it <laughs> but like okay yeah i'll wear it I, I there. See what that looks like. I'll do it. Yeah, there are people on this chat that would do that. You might get a package at your agency. Uh yeah, yeah, Erica, you need to show up and pick this oh, one up. Dresses, uh, dresses are on my website. <clears throat> Feel free to 
free to send me a Bangalore outfit. <laughs> yeah, now here's somebody saying Chris needs to cosplay Pathfinder. I was joking with someone about this. I, how? It's a robot. I don't know how I can pull off. I mean, Hollywood can do it. Hollywood, yeah, not this guy. I don't really cosplay. Yeah. I haven't dressed up for Halloween in years ever since I've had kids. I, I would have more luck cosplaying Bangalore than Pathfinder. So, <laughs> and just, I know. <laughs> do it, you do it. By the way, I have no idea what Oscar Mike means. I had to look it up. Is it on the move? Yeah. But I didn't know that. Had you ever played a military-style character before? Like, in a video game, I'm sure you probably had. But anything on screen? Anything like that? No. No, not yet on screen. Okay. Because... Because I'm so darn small. I'm well... I'm a regular size on camera, but I'm actually a very small person. Yeah, but you can sell it. Uh, yeah, I can sell it. I can sell it. It's right. Just, it's a question of who they're casting opposite me. Right. You know, like, I can't just look like a tiny little, like, wave of a person. Like, yeah, you're probably not going to get cast as Jason Momoa's drill sergeant. I'm no, going to go out on a limb. Probably not. Though he's mm. a family friend. Is he? Because well, he, he worked with my sister on Stargate Atlantis. Oh, okay. So there you go. All right. Yeah. So you got, uh, you got the Momoas to hang out with. That's got to be an interesting two-shot right there. No, Jason, please stand next to Erica just for a second. I just want to get the... even see my head. Yeah. <laughs> He's a big dude. When I first met him, it was actually at a, uh, a dinner for Starry Atlantis Cats and some of the producers and what have you. And we were in a restaurant. I was visiting my sister in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and I hadn't met him yet. And I think he was pretty new to the show at that time because I don't think he was in the first season. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, and he came in, you know, he was a little bit delayed and <laughs> just like all the, the presence that everyone's used to yeah. seeing from him. Like, that's how he comes into a room. Like, yeah. They, like, deep voice, you know, you expect people who, you know, are very tall or you often see people who are very tall, like, kind of, you know, slouching or not necessarily right. owning all of their power. And, yeah. He owns the shit out of it. So, like, he walks into the room and he's like, ah! <laughs> like, amazing. So impressive. I was like, who is this? Yeah, really. What What does he go about? 6'4? He's a big fella. Yes. I'm going to yeah. say, like, 6'4. Yeah. I mean, I haven't measured him or anything, but I'm sure that's Googleable. I mean, that's a guy who could roll out of bed and just look like a movie star. That's, yeah, yeah, uh, that's, 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 yeah. yeah. Some people just have that genetic advantage. Yeah. Just, yeah, genetic just. Advantage. It's a genetic advantage. I'm going to go ahead and call it what it is. Some people just, uh, yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and call it what it is. You are, okay. you, you have a, you have uh, a pronounced genetic advantage over me when it comes to taking pictures. I'm going to get, I'm going to go ahead and say that for the record. I saw some gorgeous pictures of you. And your lovely wife from that evening. Probably because the wife was in him. There's a there's a residual glow I get from her. You okay. know, it's this is something that I that I have enjoyed quite a bit ever since I've been with my wife. Is that she automatically makes me look more attractive than I am because they have to figure there must be something about this guy for him to be able to pull her. That uh, yeah, okay, maybe he is better looking than I think he is because she sees it. So that's. It's that natural benefit a guy gets when they run with uh, with somebody that looks like my wife. I'm gonna. I'm, this is my way of bragging about my wife that I do. She's pretty so, lovely. She is. Yeah. She's. Uh. She's not unattractive. Um. 
But let me say for the record, the person inside, 10 times as beautiful. And I mean it. Uh, I mean it. Uh, you know the drill. You're you're married now. You've I'm taken the married leap. Married woman now. We're just married in August. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you so much. Wait, August what? 11. We're just like those people who like the number 11, uh, which we're not alone in that. So we, I mean, ideally, hmm. my, my wife would have liked to have had November 11th, but that was taken by friends of ours. So we went we went to their wedding. Uh, so either you know, we would Plus, have delayed a year or just. <laughs> you would have had to get married eight years ago as well to really make that stick, but uh, that's understandable. Cheater is asking, does Erica know Chris Judge? Can you get him on stream? He's the very best. Do you know a Chris Judge? My sister knows Chris Judge very well. He was in the first of the Stargates. Okay. Um, I've only seen the movie. I've never seen the series. Oh, I see. Okay. I yeah. He was in the original series, not the movie or, you know. Um, yeah, they, you know, he photographed her for a calendar. They, yeah, they're okay. friends. I mean, I don't know where he is right now, though. And she's in Atlanta, but, you know, we'll see. I don't right. know where at all. I think I met him once. Somebody said I should get Jason Momoa on the stream, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, I should do that, shouldn't I? Yeah, I should. But I don't know if I can do that. Right I mean, it, <laughs> well, that's my whole point is that, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Hey, Chris, you should get um, Brad Pitt on the stream. Yeah, I, I should, shouldn't I? Would that be a good idea? No, I don't think it'd be a good idea. I'm not going to do that now. Connection to Brad? Do you guys out there? Um, I would uh, be shocked if anyone I knew had a connection to Brad Pitt. Now, Cheater is saying, okay, can we have Christopher Walken for a few minutes now on the stream, though? Cheetah, just because I can't get Jason Momoa doesn't mean I can't get Walken. I'll tell you the thing about stars in Hollywood, they're everywhere. You just walk outside. There they are. Hey, look. It's Bangalore. Let's get her on. You're a private person, but your name and your image are out there in public. Has there ever been anything that you feel like, okay, I have to correct this? The first thing that comes to, not really. I mean, like, okay. not some intense imperative to correct something. Okay. Means, but I guess sometimes people think I'm more austere than I actually am. Like, I'm just an introvert, really. You know, like I need to stare at a wall sometimes for like a couple hours so I can recharge and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, but ultimately, I'm like a complete like goofball, like super awkward. Like that's how, <laughs> you know, if you hang out with me and I and I let you into my inner sanctum, that is more what you're going to get than than whatever it is that you tend to see on the outside. I tend to say like I don't. I don't think I have RBF. I think I have um, uh, RAF, which I like to call resting austere face. Okay. So I think my face just looks to people like I think I know more than them, which is not what I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just like, so. So yeah. sometimes you, without knowing it, perhaps give off a uh, vibe that you're actually not trying to give off you're saying yes okay exactly. yeah i've actually I, years ago i remember to, it, within the span of a week i was spat at twice in my car <laughs> i'm not you were like, spat at like for casting a glance in this one instance i thought i was casting a look of commiseration upon a jaywalker Okay. In front of my car, and so I was like, "Oh, you know, whatever it is, my face did." And All right. Stop. 
like spit on the hood of my car and like kept walking and I was like what what the what is my face doing yeah because I what what were you thinking when you gave that look you were thinking Uh-huh. And then, like, and... the second time was, like, some motorcyclist who, I'm not sure what their intention was, because they actually were just sort of stalking me from lane to lane, and then, like, I tried to sort of get away from them, and then they, like, so I don't know what that was about. Like, All right. Had other intentions. There's a backstory to some of this stuff. It might have, I don't know. That, that, yeah. that, I have to admit, that, that gives one pause. That's twice in a week. You it got some... week. It was, like, a wow. decade ago. Like, okay. So oh, well. Time. It's not like it happened to me recently, but I do remember thinking, like, maybe I need to lighten up my face. Maybe it's doing something. <laughs> don't attend. Hmm. Is that the face I should do? Side mouth? Oh, I didn't know I was making a face. It happens sometimes. Um, yeah. <laughs> you might have been doing that. You might have just been thinking about something completely unrelated, and they saw you sneering or growling at them or something, and then yeah. they just they just weren't going to take it. I don't know. They That's yes i the one of the first things i told you was it's like yeah i i imagine erica was pretty intense and i think i'm right yeah you're pretty intense and you your answer to that was yeah i don't really do small talk that was your answer to me <laughs> i thought yeah this interview is going to be great this is going to be <laughs> i know and it's actually and now i understand it's like no you just you're not much for small talk you you uh you don't i just like genuine connection Exactly. I and don't like doing things that aren't genuine. I find them so tiring. And like much more so now, I think the longer I've been an actor, and the more sort of authenticity I look for in like the work that I do, and uh-huh. connection I look for with the other actors I work with when we have that opportunity, because in games you don't always, but you know, right. on camera I do, and sometimes animation. So, like, the more I, uh, I, the more I see inauthenticity in, in my own work, or if I'm confronted with it in others, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, so, uh, it, it, it just, it bleeds now more so into my life, where mm-hmm. I can't, like, really abide it mm-hmm. uh, when just interacting with people. Like, yeah, I mean, if you're super anxious, like, be super, I feel like that's part of why so many people are so... Like, I have my own anxieties, too, and why some mm-hmm. people are super anxious, I think, much more so in this day and age than they perhaps were in previous days and ages, is because we're not, like, the connection thing is not, like, we're just kind of going around being, like, super nice, but, like, not really nice, Right. You know? and, like, that's alarming, like, if, but if, if you, if, you know, if you have somebody that you can relate to and you can relate to their discomfort of someone's experience whatever like i'm sure i have like insane pit stains right now i'm just like keeping my arms because it's so i can't i can't see them no they're they're not in frame don't worry (laughs) i mean we all have like vulnerabilities yes stuff and we think we're the only ones that have them and that's what feeds all of that garbage Mm -hmm. and i feel like the more the more genuine that we can be with one another the less people will suffer is, mm-hmm. You know, so I just can't and just can't do it anymore. So it's super deep in that regard. <laughs> well, do you find that as you get older, you are more selective about 
who you spend your time with, your circle of acquaintances and friends? Are you slowly not spending as much time around the people that perhaps aren't coming with that authenticity? Is this something that you're just realizing as you're getting older? Yeah, I think I, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I connect with who I connect with now. And the people mm-hmm. that I connect with now do tend to be more those that aren't really in for bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if I like you, I probably like you because there's a depth to you and mm-hmm. because you acknowledge that depth. You right. Know? And I feel like we all have it. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people feel like that said feel like 9,000 times in the last few seconds, but they need to shove it aside because that's not what people want to see. When in fact, that is what people want to see. Mm-hmm. In fact, that depth is what's going to like connect us in our common humanity and make us all feel uh, okay. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, this is a conclusion they arrive at after years of experience, falling down and getting up. Some people I know, my wife is one of them, Uh, I tell my wife this all the time. Um, She had it figured out at eight. I don't know why. Some people are just lucky. You said that about her somehow. It doesn't surprise me. I don't know why. Yeah. No, my wife shares a connection with you. My wife, as a kid, said, I realized as a kid that most people are um, not nearly as smart as they think they are, and they're bullshitting people all the time. Oh. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. She had it figured out, whereas I grew up completely believing almost anything anyone told me. And, and I think it was because I wanted to. I'm a romantic at heart, and I'm very much a dreamer, and I like believing these ridiculous things. But as I got older, I realized, yeah, I can't keep doing that. That's just going to that's, – that's dangerous. But my wife, she's black, she's Latina, she's European. She says, I was never completely accepted anywhere. I was always – the outlier. I was always the freak. I was always different. And she said that that sometimes makes you very careful around people. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if that's everyone's experience that has uh, that has that life when you're growing up. I mean, if you're in any way appear to be unique from your peers, mm-hmm. in whatever regard. Yeah. I mean, there's some some measure of like, I'm not the, you know, growing up, you know, I'm not the long, dark, or blonde-haired, paler, like, the kind mm-hmm. of archetype that, when I was growing up, in any case, was considered to be, like, the beautiful, you know, uh, girl. So, it's like, you don't really, you know, and at that time, I was like, oh, boys, eh. you know, so, like, you don't really get, like, the boy that you want, you know, you don't really, like, get that kind of an attention attention because Mm -hmm. of just archetypally you don't really fit those things and right you know friendship wise i mean i think i was i you know like in the boy vote when i was like in the seventh grade i think i was voted like most like funniest oh yeah funny given that like you thought i was the most austere person in the world but that's (laughs) i think to a certain extent that's also part of you know what what you do to be you know i felt like i was pretty I don't know, accepted, and it was fine. I grew up in Toronto, Canada, so, like, culturally, that's a little bit different. Yeah. um, As far as all of that stuff is concerned. 
Um, but I think, yeah, there is a measure to which you do kind of modulate your behavior if you are in any way different. And I, I was always observant. I don't know if it was because of that necessarily or just that just was my character. Mm-hmm. It's funny that um, your wife had that realization when I was a kid. I was observing adults and I was like, how do they do this? Like, yeah. basically, how do they do this weird small talk thing? I didn't know that's what I was identifying at the time. But like, how do they have these conversations? Basically, what I was noticing Mm-hmm. was that adults kept saying things that to me, and this wouldn't have been my language as a kid, but sounded like bullshit. Right. But the other adults would always go, hmm. And I was like, why? How are they called it? You know, and then my yeah. sister said, she's like, that's because they're saying it with confidence. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, totally blew my mind. I was like eight. I was like, you're right. Like, they're just saying a bunch of garbage. Uh-huh. But they're saying it in this way that they expect the other person to take it in and consider mm-hmm. it valid. And that completely changed my outlook on things. But I think it also enlightened me to the fact that a lot of what we say, you know, like I was noticing it wasn't that interesting or that real at mm-hmm. the time. Uh, but the delivery was really what mattered. So I, now I just can't even abide the delivery thing. So. <laughs> Well, that's where you're at a crossroads, especially at such a young age. You learn that, oh, if I just say something with enough confidence, people will believe it no matter what it is. That's where you have to make a choice. Am I going to use this power for good or evil? Yes, indeed. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I think it took me a while to learn that because I probably could have sussed that out but i probably didn't like that that was true there was a lot of things i didn't want to believe because i just didn't like that they were true so i would dismiss them or ignore them spartithian alex who has asked every actor to say this spartithian alex uh has an entire community of other gamers and viewers that uh are there for each other hardcore because a lot of them are dealing with mental quirks and anxieties and sometimes depression things like that and is a very close-knit community, and it is something that they love to hear from their favorite game characters. Anyway. Never give up, never give in, get loved, idiot. Yeah. Never give up, never give in, get loved, idiot. <laughs> and, and one other one. Yeah. Say, hey, CB Joker, you're awesome. Keep up the good work, soldier. Hey, CB Joker, you're awesome. Keep up the good work, soldier. Now Spartidian's going to freak. I know. Uh, he's going to freak. Anyway, thank you for that. Uh, here's one uh, from Prismatic Star. As a prior military person, they love Bangalore's presence in the game as a soldier. So thank you, Erica, for bringing her to life. Actually, just more of a compliment than a... Uh, you are so welcome. Yes. You. Bangalore really does look like you. A lot of people think they crafted the character around you. I would not blame them for thinking that. No, they did not. It's fluke. <laughs> I, it's not really fair to ask this, but do you have a character that you like the most? The most? Yeah. Or do you have an opinion? <clears throat> I mean, it's so deeply obnoxious to say I like them all, but I do for different reasons. Um, you can say it, all of them except Pathfinder. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah I don't... all of them except you. I yeah. don't know about you. You're difficult. Um... <laughs> Is there somebody that I favor? No, I mean, there 
person so i mean i've hung out a lot with mela so i love lifeline so mm -hmm. by extension because we've been to a convention together uh and had a really great time and i love her mm -hmm. she's so she's a very genuine uh loving she is sweet person and, and that translates into her character so i love that I'm going to get Mela on here sometime in January, and Mela is exactly like Lifeline. She's very, very alive, very vivacious, very positive, and always, usually, whatever it is she's saying is something uh, uplifting to somebody, you know, or isn't this great? Something along those lines. Yeah. So she is happy to be here. That is her all the way. Cheater is asking, uh, for both of us, how much of both of you are in your characters? You've asked me this before, Cheater, I think. Also, how does Erica get into her headspace of being Bangalore? What does she see in her head? What do I see in my head? What do you uh, see in your head when you're Bangalore? I just see you flipping a switch and turning on a vibe and, and running with it. But Yeah, it, take, it sometimes can take me a few lines of dialogue to get fully settled into her um because, and I know I said this in my, like, interview for the Meet the Actors Behind the Characters mm -hmm. uh, video, it, it, like, she's different from me in that I'm, again, like, super goofy and kind of awkward and what have you, and, mm -hmm. and actually do care and, and uh, want people to, the, the people around me to be comfortable. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, uh, and she does not no. uh, care about that. <laughs> so, no. So I love that about her, and I find it, like, super relaxing. So it'll take me, like, about five lines to kind of click in, and then sort of my body posture changes, um, the, the hand gestures that I use change, and then I'm just kind of in that, just kind of in that mode for, like, the next however long. That's interesting, too, because when I first started voice acting, I did not act with my hands very much at all. Yeah. which is weird because I was coming for the world of stand-up comedy. I toured as a comic for about 10 years. Right. And I was more animated on stage and for some reason in the in the voiceover booth didn't use my hands. Now I'm all I'm like jelly. Everything is just moving all the time. Yeah. And whatever works, whatever helps you get it out as Pathfinder is more about my head movement. I was recording yeah. some stuff yesterday and I found I was doing this. Mm, and I yeah. have no idea why. I just let my body do what it's going to do. So, totally. Yeah. Somehow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was in the booth the other day for something else, and I noticed, like, if I put my arms to my side, sometimes that, like, actually impedes what I'm saying, especially if it's, like, super emphatic and you have to, you know. And, and uh, yeah, Bangalore is, uh, I mean, I love her. Like, I just love her because because of what a break she is for me energetically mm -hmm. to be able to play somebody who is such a badass who doesn't, uh, you know, who doesn't. Perhaps there's some catharsis there. It's quite a bit of catharsis for me. So. I will bet. Uh, Spartithi and Alex is saying, Chris, tell Erica that Respawn saves lives daily with their work. And that Bangalore keeps me on a tight fitness schedule to keep myself safe and stronger through my spinal injury. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. So. Thank you for telling me. Absolutely. Yes. Spartidian has been through a bit. Yeah. Uh, look at Blue. Blue. Look at you, Blue. Blue looks like a Dalmatian pit bull mix. I don't know what. Uh, a blue healer, like a cattle dog pit mix. Okay. Yeah. So probably a pretty smart dog then. 
She's very smart. Kern Ravenstorm would like to know, do you have a favorite Bangalore quip, and did you grow up in a military family? I did not grow up in a military family. Um, I did not. I have a great deal of respect for those that did and are in it. Um, favorite quip. Uh, right now, I'm quite enjoying uh, tweeting. <laughs> Better find me before I find you. That's a good one. My running joke about Bangalore when I play is she is a font of information, not all of it necessary. <laughs> I love that. I didn't know I was the only one giving all the information. Yeah, no, that's pretty much it. Basically, I was like, oh. I got to the. I literally thought you all had those lines. No, uh, to the no. point where I sometimes I'll be in game as Pathfinder and I'll hear Bangalore drop yet another factoid about some random object. And I can't help but react to that. So I'm thinking, Erica in these sessions must be thinking, do we really need to say this? Okay, fine, we'll say it. You know, I don't they kind of know this? Uh, I mean, so. these guys shoot people for a living. You'd think they know what this does, but okay, fine. This is for the gamer. Metal Chick would like to know, what's it like voicing a character that is heavily based off of another game and having a driving lore, a backstory? Also, you are so intimidating and fierce. Love it. I, I guess maybe, did you know that Bangalore is based off of another game and has a, a lore behind them? Are we talking Titanfall or are we talking Bangalore itself? I guess Bangalore is maybe based off of a Titanfall uh, character that I was not aware of. I, I wasn't aware of Titanfall before I uh, was cast in this. I was aware of it, but really only in name and to a certain extent a little bit of maybe what it was about but again since i don't game i try to avoid <laughs> okay to get too involved. Uh, i didn't actually know that they gave me a lot of information about her backstory but I, I wasn't aware that she was uh based in and off of another renji maru would like to know do the lore screens ever get you feeling for your character either at chris or erica i.e Bangalore's brother falling to death. I did not know Bangalore had a brother that fell to his death. I guess, is there is there an emotional connection you make with your character based on what they tell you about the character? Oh, completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have to, you know. Uh, I look forward to discovering more about her, her and her story. Um, but yes, I'm very impacted by all of the characters that I play, ultimately. Mm -hmm. um, there's things going on in the house. Um but uh, yeah, and that and her brother and that storyline, I mean, was paramount in me kind of finding the center of her in the very beginning when I even auditioned. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, definitely very affected by that. Okay. Imagine will be more so. What is Erica's secret to personal happiness and what are her deep thoughts about it? Yeah, just... My secret to personal happiness. Goodness. Assuming, assuming it's a secret. Um... You don't have to answer this question. No, appreciation, really. I mean... I like that. Yeah. I mean, as opposed to gratitude, I mean, some maybe it could be considered one and the same, but I think of appreciation more as just the positive end of it without the awareness of the, of the previous drop-off. You know, I'm so grateful. This is, you know, appreciation is just I really love this thing. Mm-hmm full stop kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, practicing that as much as I can, and I am in no way perfect at it. Uh, you know, I try to meditate every day. I haven't for the last four days. 
um, <clears throat> you know, but I do find in my own life, the, 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 the more I can get my attention off of the garbage and the, mm -hmm. the problems to be solved and the things to worry about, uh, and the more I put my attention on the things that I have that are extraordinary, uh, the things that I just enjoyed, uh, the thing that I'm like the cushy couch I'm on, like super basic sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. um, the more goodness I see around me. Yes. As the saying goes, you get what you think about all day long. And so your thoughts are very important because they lead to how you feel, which leads to what you do in your actions. Yeah. And, um, yeah, for my two cents, um, Yes, uh, I try to do a little bit of meditation every morning, and I uh, I call it gratitude, but it's the same headspace. Right. You think about the things that you have in your life, and I like to concentrate on the things that I know that I put into my life right. that I'm thankful for, because it's also a reminder that I am capable of having a positive effect on myself and the world around me. Right. It's easier to summon belief if every day you practice recognizing what you've been able to accomplish. Right. And on top of that, I also think of it as a diet of the mind. If you're busy trying to focus on constructive things, you're crowding out the bad thoughts. There just won't be space for them. Right. So if you choose to eat the right foods, you're crowding out the bad foods. You won't have room. And next thing you know, you're healthier. So. Totally. I mean, I wouldn't, I, it's funny because it's like, <clears throat> obviously I say I'm not perfect at it. And, you know, I don't expect, you know, any of you that are listening out there <clears throat> to think, like, oh yeah, I should just be positive and then beat yourself up if you're not positive. Like I have plenty of negative moments, negative days. Oh, we all do. <laughs> and it's just yeah, we all like, do. You can't be. You just kind of ride the wave, right? Right. You know, find find the thought that feels kind of a little bit like uh, just a little bit better. Mm -hmm. you, know, you can. Uh, and that makes every bit of difference. Literally, if you can move from like, everything sucks, but it's all over, to I guess less things suck, you know? <laughs> You're moving in the right direction. You're moving in the right direction. Just like, be like, I guess that lamp is nice. I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> I love lamp. I love lamp. I love lamp. Move toward the I love lamp. Watch a comedy, do something like that. But like, it's more just about I think our world, you know, so I was talking about anxiety earlier, but like, I think our world is so oriented towards like problem solving and what's the issue, mm -hmm. and, you know, instead of on, uh, the solutions that we've found and, and like, we're not, we're not like sort of solution focused, we're problem focused. Right. Right. So I think to the extent that you in your own life can kind of turn your brain around to like that other side of the coin instead of like what's this problem and how do i solve it mm -hmm. just kind of like oh you know what what is like a better alternative to this or what it just literally focusing on on the solution exclusively as opposed to focusing on the problem and the thing you're worried about right you know i feel like we'll maybe be better positioned but that could have been completely convoluted and i don't know I know. I think I could parse out some wisdom there. It's a, instead of thinking about the thing that bothers you, get to a solution for it or get to some action. And uh, for me, most good philosophy boils down to focusing on what you can control anyway mm -hmm. and practicing leaving out the things you can't. And as a wise friend told me, if you can do that 75% of the time, you're going to have a great life full of things you didn't want and you'll still have a great life because you'll be able to overcome the negative stuff. Yeah, and instead of just taking a bunch of actions, 
Like there was, I think it's a Dow quote, and I'm not entirely certain because, of course, co- quotes get so co-opted on the internet and everywhere, or whatever. But just the the whole the the the, the still water thing, the whole can you remain unmoving until the right action arises by itself Mm -hmm. you know instead of just like scrambling around trying to fix everything if nothing feels right just like be still and procrastinate and like Mm -hmm. what you know and like there just isn't a solution right now and just like you'll find it when it's the time is right kind of thing so i i feel like that would be more helpful as opposed to constantly trying being like great you solved that problem let's do this and let's just pivot and this some of this one over here and instead just kind of like there's no we ha- don't have it's not there yet yeah but i like to end every stream by telling people now go outside do something yeah. offline you need to fill yeah. your soul up and i know a lot of people have anxiety about it and issues with it but just do it a tiny little step at a time you don't have to go full bore you don't have to be a social butterfly right away but yeah. you need to start putting offline activity into your life because totally. that's a deeper connection remember that the people out there in the world that perhaps are exacerbating your anxiety and you don't want to encounter because they look like they have perfect lives and are navigating things very well and mm-hmm. might talk to you and say something you know that you don't have a response to right in that moment like all of those people are spiraling the same way yeah. at different moments in their life Everybody, you know, that whole, I love that quote, you know, like, be kind because, you know, everybody's fighting an incredibly hard battle. Yeah. And it's absolutely the case. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, everyone's trying to mask it. And like I said earlier, like, the less we do that, I feel like the more connection we will experience. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you run into me ever out on the street, feel free to say something real. cheater would like to know does erica have any stories about chris judge is he as deep positive and spiritual in real life as he comes through in interviews uh yeah he's deep he's positive he's spiritual and he's also uh like he parties (laughs) he parties all right all right so you guys can throw out some sort of uh, uh scenario and we'll see if we can do a pathfinder Bangalore back and forth. Here's a good one. Pathfinder starts being super detail oriented around Bangalore in the break room and she's not having it. Yeah, I, th- I think I like that one. That All makes right. Sense. Say Bangalore before we go in. That's a chair. Do I need one if I don't have it? No. Hey, Bangalore, it's a toilet. What does that do? Nothing you need it for. Hey, Bangalore, these are bullets. Do I need more than one? Why are you talking to me? Say, Bangalore, that's a great smoke bomb you've got there. Do you need it if you don't have it? I do. I need it for you. Later. Say, Bangalore, I don't know what uh, this gun does. What is it, and and why do I need it? You're going to have a lot of trouble on the battlefield later, buddy. No, I can't keep it straight. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I know. I lost it. All right. I'm turning red like a tomato here, too. I know. And yes, every time I become Pathfinder, I... Pathfinder! Pathfinder! Every time you become Pathfinder! Say, Bangalore, who's ready to fly on a zipline? I am! He's like a leprechaun, but metal. I I need to let this nice lady go. You said I was nice. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I say up until the end, you were pretty nice. And then, yeah, up until you became Bangalore. I you, know it's happening now. 
I know. This is the first interview I've had where you can actually see the passage of time in the background. It is nighttime. It is now night. And there's a tree. Before I forget, is there anywhere people can find you beyond Twitter? Instagram, Facebook. It's pretty good. The Twitter and Instagram is my middle name, which is Shukrani, at Shukrani. And uh, so if you follow me on Twitter, it's the same thing on Instagram. And Facebook is like my whole name, Erica Shukrani Luttrell. You know, follow me wherever you want. I'm out there. Okay. And any other projects we should keep an eye on? I know it's mostly NDAs. I know. There's like three or four. I mean, I can't say anything about it okay all right cool they are cool they're cool because they have erica luttrell in them all right take that to the bank